Hello, everybody. This is an exciting podcast. I've been actually waiting eagerly all day to do this because of the story I heard. It touched my heart yesterday from Jasmine Wilcoxon, who I had met uh, on a carnival cruise ship like maybe three or four years ago. Um, and we had really just got connected and been, you know, friends ever since. I mean, I probably would say we're like acquaintances, not like besties or anything, but um, something occurred yesterday where uh, we had gotten real, real close and I got to experience uh, her for, for who she is today. And so this is kind of a part of why I decided to bring her on the podcast. She can, uh, she can say hello here. Hi everyone. Yeah. I met Dylan on a cruise ship. It was a couple of years ago and we met in the hot tub and he was like, what's your name? And I, I'm kind of like a standoffish type person. So I am a little more introvert and he, we started talking about conspiracy theories. So we kind of really, um, or what you call conspiracy theories, uh-huh, uh-huh. picked it off. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is years later. So it's really cool. Um, and for, for those of you on the podcast, we are going to go on IG live and we're going to share Jasmine's story because it's so powerful. It's something that people need to hear because yes, in a way kind of bad, but I think overall in the grand scheme of things, it will turn out to be like a really great thing. Um, and so then we're going to get into some of our own opinions about what's been happening with the Derek Chauvin trial, what's been happening with Black Lives Matter. Uh, this is what she it's all about here. That's what we're talking about here today on the podcast, because Jasmine is the daughter of a uh, law enforcement officer. So she's going to get into that. But I just wanted to ref, uh, uh, preface that with the podcast right now who are listening, that we are on IG Live. So we will be taking questions, perhaps. We might be reading what people have to say on there. So if you're curious about that, that's what's going on. So let us do that technical stuff real quick. Uh, give me a few seconds to go live here. And I'll be introducing the Instagram. What's going on, Instagram? Thank you for joining. Uh, we're going to have Jasmine join me here in a second. Um, you can go ahead and join request to join on the live video. Um, and so if you're listening right now, you can go and finish this entire podcast, uh, via, you know, everything, anywhere podcasts is provided. So Apple, Spotify, the likes. So you're more than welcome to do that. But, uh, Jasmine's going to join us here in a second. So those of you on Instagram, you're not going to want to miss this. Okay. And if you're listening now, just in, a, in another hour or two hours, I will be uploading this full version to my podcast, uh, but we're going to get the story here from Jasmine and what, what her experience was like. So give me a second while she, while she requests to join here. Okay, here we go. Okay. Hey. Nice. Now to turn me down on the laptop if you already, I think you already did or mute me on the laptop. So getting those technicalities fixed real quick. I think we're good. I don't hear myself repeating, so we're good. You can hear me though. I can't hear you. Okay, awesome. So, all right, everybody. So let's start real quick. Um, I'm gonna tell you guys what led to this IG for those of you um, who, oh, did you jump off this? Uh... Yeah, the Yeah, the Zoom, the Zoom. Pop back in the Zoom. That's okay. Take a few seconds. Uh, but I'm going to introduce the IG and the podcast to how we even led to this. So I'll wait for you to join back in the Zoom real quick. But um, okay, here we go. 
sorry guys, doing both IG live and the podcast can be somewhat difficult, but it's worth it because we get a different audience and you never know what, how that can come across. Right. Okay. So we're good. I don't hear myself repeating. I think we're still good. And Jasmine, go ahead and with your audio real quick. Let's see if you are on the, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. You're good to go. So what happened with us with this whole thing is crazy. So um, met Jasmine on a cruise ship. Like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, we've been connected ever since just through Instagram and stuff. And, you know, I did notice that Jasmine kind of hit me up via uh, Instagram commenting on some of my stuff like a week ago, kind of in agreement and, and totally kind of in alignment with some of the things I was sharing. And those of you on the Instagram and my podcast, y'all know I am super open about how I feel about all kinds of stuff, all kinds of events. And so she was just commenting totally connected with that. I don't know if, if you want to comment on that yourself, Jasmine, like what you were doing on the IG, just like poking around. Well, I mean, I was just, honestly, I didn't, haven't seen your post in a while. I try to stay off Instagram because it's so negative to me. Um, I was like going through your Instagram and I was just watching your podcast and I was like, wow, he's just so enlightened and so woke. I love everything that he talks about. And yeah, that was just kind of it. It, it resonates with me. And then I commented on a couple of his posts and he was like, yes. And, um, that was kind of it. Yeah. And so I was, I didn't even think to reach out to her or anything. I'm just kind of like wondering in my head, like a week ago, like, Oh, I wonder how Jasmine's doing. You know, that sounds, that's cool that I'm glad. And this is another thing to encourage anyone out there to start their own podcast or start their own content creation or media creation, because you just never know where your stuff goes. And, and, and not saying I didn't know Jasmine and I would have lined up uh, mentally in a sense, intellectually, I didn't, you know, you just never know though. Right. So that's why you should, I encourage anyone to create their own podcast, to create their own content. Cause you just never know who can connect with you. Okay. Absolutely. So that's one thing I'll say about that. So then fast forwarding, I see her on her IG story yesterday. And as we all know what we've been experiencing politically and in terms of the news, I mean, it's everywhere. ESPN's covering it. Apple News, CNN, Fox News, like everything and all over IG, like social media. We're all looking at this Derek Chauvin trial, right? And this uh, whole thing about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on in terms of all of that, right? So we know we've been experiencing that all week. Okay. And so what Jasmine had been seeing on her end, which she can share herself is just, I think she lives in that bubble of like getting, I think she's getting a lot of the content from other people, right? Like from who are supportive of, of lynching this guy, Derek Chauvin, like, you know, right. So actually I do real estate and the current brokerage I work for, I don't want to put a label on or categorize like them by their traits, but they're very li liberal. Um, everything is like Black Lives Matter, like defund the police, just really negative um, things that I really don't care to associate myself with. Mm -hmm. um, I, I see it constantly. I, I work at a brokerage, brokerage where, you know, the main broker is always talking about racism and everything like that and gay and support the gays and um which is fine like it's not like i don't support that but but the point you're making is that it's a very political it's a hyper politicized environment that you work in exactly and they and, all think one way right um so that's that's why we're here right now i actually spoke out about how i felt for once um basically 
I was not trying to defend the officer that killed George Floyd. I think obviously he needs to have consequences. Like that is unjustifiable, but um, just how they are putting this narrative about how officers are just bad people in general, just hearing this every day and seeing all the riots and them catching cars on fire and throwing cans of soup at people. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, that everyone can have their opinion, but once you come out with your own that's not with their narrative, they will come at you and with no remorse, like yeah. no empathy. So, so and, and we'll get into that. So I see her, Jasmine, on her story yesterday, uh, just, you know, basically explaining a different perspective, right? Clearly speaking out, which I never see her really do, but I was in total alignment with what she had to say. You know, and all she was saying was, you know, which you can maybe you can go read it yourself and maybe we can even if you want to know, we'll send them to you. But her story was just basically putting shedding a light on, um, you know, what it was like for her, because when we'll get into that for her being the daughter of a law enforcement officer, you know, and, and that perspective that maybe other people weren't getting. And so she was shedding that light and maybe she was being a bit extra about it, but basically saying, you know, Hey, I'm like, always extra. Yeah. Like even that bad. <laughs> but you could tell that it was bottled up inside of her and she just wanted yeah. to say it like, Hey, there's two perspectives here. And you know, my dad had to leave every single night on a night shift. And we didn't even know if he would return home that night because of God knows what, right? This exactly. criminality of the world that exists that everyone seems to be so far apart from, you know, that we don't know what could have happened to her father every single night. I mean, imagine like growing up, I yeah. couldn't imagine living like that where your dad's job was to defend uh, regular civilians, you know, who, yeah, pay their taxes or whatever, but to defend them and exist there. So because Jasmine posted that on her story, to me, I'm like, hey, thank you for sharing this perspective. You know, I just messaged her. I just like said, I love you basically. Like I was just like, this is amazing. I think that what you just said makes complete sense. And it's something that people aren't getting to, right? They're not getting that perspective. And so go ahead and from your perspective, like, yeah, you're receiving this message from me, but you're also, what, what made you post that stuff, you know? So, um, honestly, I was never into politics, like really ever. I remember like four years ago, I was sitting at the kitchen table with my dad and I was like looking up, <laughs> I saw these videos on YouTube and it was literally this man in Oregon who owns all this uh, rural land, like in the middle of nowhere in like Georgia or something, Oregon. And then um, there's like these reporters, like secret reporters. And he was like, there's literally thousands, millions of I mean, probably thousands, plastic coffins everywhere. And I told my dad, I was like, dad, look, like this is gonna, this is like what our world is turning to. Like they're getting ready. Like these are FEMA camps. This is how they're gonna dispose of us. And my dad is like, jazz, like you need to stop. You're being crazy. And I was like, no, like they wanna enforce martial law. They wanna take our gun rights. Like they, they want power. Like this is what's happening. He was like, no, no, no. And Honestly, like the reason that I got the courage to post something like this was because my dad is literally the most unbiased, like the worst thing could happen. He's so forgiving and open-minded and um, he, I, I've been talking to him lately and I'm like, look, like 
I sent him the a screenshot of the Biden gun control. And I was like, remember when I told you? And he was like, yeah, this is crazy. He was like, you know, like, I really respect your side of view and your opinion. Like now it's more blunt and people can see it. Even like people who are, I feel like he was programmed in the military. Like yeah. just to think that the, our government will never hurt them. And that's not the case at all. Um, so I just started seeing all these things about, you know, people posting about Black Lives Matter, which they do. Like nobody but, but, but says it was, Black I think Lives Matter. It's hate cops. It's the hating of cops, right. I think, was what maybe triggered you. Yeah, it's it's all about like, you know, defunding the police or like, or what about, so the thing that I responded to, it was a meme and it just said, what about them other cops though? And I just kind of went off because I was like, okay, there are bad cops. Like we see it, they expose it and just fucking blow it up like crazy. We know there's right. Bad we cops. know that. We see it. Yeah. And um. And sorry. It's it's know. discrimination. Well, no, right. it's a form of discrimination. You're right. It, 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 no one would ever say something about oh blacks and one black guy kills somebody and that makes blacks bad. No, no, nobody in a million years would even say that in a, in a modern age, right? Right. Uh, but you see a cop kill somebody and they discriminate just as easily as somebody oh. racist would. So, so that's crazy. the big, big, big problem. And then they can go after their homes and their lives and their families and just defamate them. And they have no consequences to it. Um, I mean, I kind of just wanted to express how I felt. Um, but it was not towards George Floyd exclusively. It was just, you know, the Black Lives Matter defund the police thing in general right um but anyways i'm sorry can you well no because the story yeah because she's posting on her story and and she was just expressing herself so it's like this became this became what she did right because of that and i know the reference and context is important right like y'all are probably wondering well what'd she post on her story you know and we're, we're trying to tell you that in a simple way oh, okay. she just told a story right. yeah go ahead mm -hmm. go ahead share share that so so then, um, you know, it was, uh, what about them other cops though? And it kind of just triggered me because I was like, wow, they, there really is like, you know, a couple, literally a handful of bad officers. And, you know, some of them are on their high horse or whatever, but at the end of the day, they're out here trying to protect society and us like citizens. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that in like, your story. I was like, you know, what about the good ones though? Why do we never talk about the good that they do for society? You just totally. want to point out one bad officer that, you know, shouldn't have kneeled on that man for that long, but yeah. you know, he's going to suffer his consequences, but for them to blow it out of proportion and just, but they don't talk about anything that, you know, his background, like the fact that he was using counterfeit money and that he had all this fentanyl in his body, like, Probably right. well, and, the, the and the defense and the defense brought all that I, up. I'm not trying to justify him at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So everyone started coming at me and they were like, wow, you're just you're racist and all this stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's not the case. And that's the craziest part is, yes. So she says what she says about the George Floyd case, says it mentions the perspective about police. Hey, well, what about good police? You know, and this is her story. Right. Uh, and, and the context is important. 
But what happened because she shared that opinion, there were people. So between me and her, I was telling her, Hey, that's awesome. I agree. And then we, I said, Hey, we should talk on the phone sometime, maybe tomorrow. She's like, yeah. And then, um, you know, we should just catch up. Right. Just generally. And then that turned into like her texting me back. We were texting for a second and she started saying, you know, Hey, I'm getting threatened for what I said, you know? And in my heart, I just kind of felt convicted. Like, I think I should call her. I think I should talk to her right now, you know, because I see what's happening to her. I see, like, I I could imagine what's happening. I I couldn't see it yet, but I'm like, oh man, she is, she's probably getting hit hard with, with this craziness, you know? So I went ahead to reach out to her uh, and I called. And when I called her, she basically got to tell me privately what, what she can now share with everybody else here. Mm-hmm. But she got to tell me privately, Hey, I'm getting threats. There are people with hundred thousand followers on other Instagrams posting her story. Mind you, Jasmine's, you know, a private account. So, you know, she, they can't just share her story out there. You know, they had to screen, they had to take the time to screenshot her story and then upload it onto their story. And these are people with a hundred thousand followers. In some cases, you know, these are people with, massive followings. And in one case we saw in particular was a journalist from the local ABC in Houston, Texas, you know? And so they all ganged up and they basically started to tag her and call her racist and all this stuff when nothing of the kind was said, obviously y'all know that being racist today is, you know, just thinking differently. I mean, or whatever, literally just anything is racist. I think that the the racism, the term is, is losing its, its, its impact. You know what I mean? But with all that being said, so now they've called her out and they're posting about her everywhere. And so then now she's got people hitting her up. So share share with us a little bit about what that was like. Yeah. So, um, originally I got a text from my friend and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, like why? She was like, your story, like, are you like, okay? And I was like, yeah, she sent me this screenshot of this guy who was like, put my photo in like my story post as clown of the day. I actually want to share my stories with y'all because um, I think I could have approached it a little bit differently, but I don't think anything in there was meant to, I wasn't trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I was just really coming off on and trying to confront my side and just how I felt. Um, I guess people were really sensitive at the moment and I get that. And, um, but we're definitely going to share the, the stories with y'all yeah. uh, that I posted. Um, but, oh, so then this guy, he was like, he posted like what I posted on the story and like a photo of like my Avi screened in because zoomed in. Cause I uh, didn't, he didn't follow me. Yeah. And yeah. He, you could tell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And he said like clown of the day and, it was only like six minutes and he already had so many comments and these girls were on there like, uh, just wait, like I got her. And then like, I saw one of those comments and before I blocked him and this girl that commented that like was in my DMS and she said, just wait, bitch. Like she was just really threatening me. And I was like, I was like, you're a fan. I was yeah. just kind of gassing her. Like, I don't know. I was like, really like you need to calm down. And then she responded, like, just wait till I catch you out. Like, you're going to really regret this. And I was like, what are you going to do? And she was like, I'm not going to do anything, but I have people that will. 
just little little thrusts. This happened yeah. like probably five minutes after he posted that, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, am I supposed to be scared or like what? Are, what is your what point are you trying to get across right now? Um, I just kind and, of started ignoring it. Well, and the crazy part of that is the idea, the idea that. Because someone says something and, 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 and this is so important to know what she said. Cause it's like, it's nothing. It's nothing. It right. was a different perspective, but because of that in, in somebody's head, they think I need to acts of violence against this particular person, nothing to do with a disagreement, no facts, no articles. You know, I get it. I get dude. People can send me articles. They can send me all kinds of information. I will look at it. You know what I mean? If you want to have a debate, I am, you were, let's have a debate. Okay. But to just to, just to straight up comment on somebody and be like, yo, I'm gonna get this bitch, you know, and then, and then DM her, (laughs) right. To DM her. What's up, Julian. But to DM Jasmine and be like, I'm going to threaten this person. I'm Oh, I got people that can hurt you. You know, it's just like that guys, that's where we are today. It stunned me because I know that that does happen. Right. But to, to have it happen to a friend of mine, like Jasmine, it, it, and then to, for her, for her to make it happen to her, cause she never speaks out. She never is this person, you know? And that was the most significant part about the story is that she never says anything. She keeps quiet. She's, she just keeps it all to herself. And, you know, the second she says something, you know, that it becomes hell on earth and they, they go straight up from not, not even knowing who this person is and being like, I'm gonna kill you basically. And it, the, the fact that society and an ideology, which is more important, an ideology of people would think like that makes them the intellectually lazy people. Why would somebody threaten someone else? I've never thought to threaten someone else. Yeah. Do I feel some type of way about maybe like a Bill Gates eugenicist who's maybe trying to kill people? Yeah. You know, I might feel some type of way about someone like him. Like, I think that guy should probably be taken out. I don't know. But that's like the next kind of level. I would rather have people on trial, like a Nuremberg trial, and we start prosecuting mass criminals like our politicians and Bill Gates. I'd love to see a Nuremberg style trial with, you know, international courts, you know, like that would be epic, right? I would never want to see someone just kill, you know, even the worst, most evil people, you know what I mean? And we know some evil politicians out there that are straight up evil, right? But I still wouldn't want them killed. I would want them on trial. I would want them- You know, because in this country, and this goes to the Derek Chauvin thing, people are innocent until proven guilty. They aren't guilty until proven innocent. And that is the fundamental understanding that people need to understand more than ever now, more than ever, you know? Uh, So just wanted to kind of throw that in there. I don't know if you want to add any more to the harassment, some of the things you got to receive, because we'll get to the next part, which is what Mm -hmm. your brokerage decided to do, but go ahead. Um, Yeah, it was just a lot of, honestly, it was mostly girls um any friends though any friends of you that turned on you you think um so actually I had a couple friends that were like texting me like are you good and I think they were kind of asking me because like what you posted you're kind of tripping but a lot of them were kind of really just worried because they knew I was getting a lot of hate I didn't really have any um friends turn against me but I had did have a lot of friends that you know didn't respond and and that silence means a lot you know yeah yeah that's Um, that's interesting and i and i don't expect them to like pick a side or whatever but those are the type of people that did post you know like about all the things that were very left 
And um, so. But, but you're friends with everyone. You know what I mean? That was the yeah. thing we saw. We said, you're friends so, with everybody. You, yeah. you know, you get to hear both sides all the time, you know, and, uh, maybe. And I, yeah. I try to be very understanding and empathetic. Like, I don't want to judge people because, you know, I don't judge anyone. Like, whatever is right and righteous, uh, it, like, that's what needs to be done. And everything else is just noise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. And it's funny because so now we're on the phone and I'm talking to her while she's screenshotting and sending me these, you know, these, these, these screenshots of messages she's getting and the, the, all the yeah. stuff. And then, uh, you know, we're sitting there like blown away. And all of a sudden I, I told her in a joking way, I'm like, Hey, I'm your PR coach, uh-huh. you know, because there's like a p- public relations meltdown happening with her right. and, and her, her stuff. And what, 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 what astonished me, I think in particular was the journalist. Oh, shoot. Uh, did you, oh, you're good. Yeah, I'm just, I'm um, the, the journalist from ABC Houston, that particular mm-hmm. person, you know, and I mean, you and I think, I think I, this is what I think about that is the journalist said in particular, let's see if she has a job tomorrow. That's what she mm-hmm. says on her post. So yeah. you can tell that a journalist like that. Okay. Journalists have these connections. You know, they are networked in the city. They've got, you know, they've got a network, literally ABC, for example. I'm not saying this happened, but you can tell that a journalist like her, like this particular person who posted about Jasmine, you can tell that that type of person is like a jackal. They are a hitman. These journalists Mm -hmm. nowadays are hired hitmen. They will destroy your life. They will find things about you and destroy your whole life and try to get you fired and try to get you destroyed. Uh Okay. And so, or so, destroy your business, right? So go yeah. ahead, share anything on that. Um, she posted uh, that on her story saying, let's see if you have a job tomorrow. And then um, literally like five minutes later, I was actually on the phone with Dylan and I was like, oh my God, all these people are like posting me all over their story. Like, this is crazy. I was honestly just like, it didn't really bother me um, because I was like, they're just kind of, narrow-minded and whatever and then um I got like an email saying that my brokerage stopped sponsoring me which is basically like kicked me out of the brokerage and um honestly I really wasn't upset it's been a long time coming I just you know after all these months of seeing all these political posts and not being able to speak my mind and then whenever I did that's how they reacted. Like, that's not a team I want to be part of. of Dang, that's true. um, We really didn't align. Just, she really didn't know my beliefs. Um, I kind of just hold it in because, you know, I I hate negativity and I I don't want to bring any drama into the workforce and politics really should be separate, but they never kept politics separate. They always got to post what they believed. And um, so... Yeah. yeah. And let me, and let me rehash this because so we're on the phone and it's like, she gets this email We're we're kind of talking about the brokerage, you know, and we yeah. were, we were, she did, you know, Jasmine was mentioning to me, like, you know, honestly, this brokerage it's, I'm not happy there. You know, they all are so hyper-political. It's like, I don't even align with them, but it wouldn't even be a problem if they just weren't so political all the time, you know, because they were consistently political. And that was kind of the thing that, and they, and they were politically in disagreement with what she believed, but she never spoke up about it. And this is right. what's happening to everyday people yeah. everywhere. So they're, yeah, go ahead. 
Um, I just want to say, like, I'm very thankful that I'm young and um, I, I don't have so much responsibility. Um, I don't, I wasn't an employee. I was a 1099. Right. Uh, I know that there are people like my dad obviously works for the state. He works actually at a high school uh, full time and then patrols like on the weekends and does extra jobs. And my mom works for the city as a project manager. Um, they would never think about speaking out about any of this because they have so much to lose. They have me and my two brothers and a family to take care of. Um, I'm thankful to not have those responsibilities. And I feel like it is my obligation and purpose to enlighten people as much as I can. Um, I just feel like it's God's calling and for me. Like I have everything I need right here. I have a yeah. platform. I have Dylan, a good mentor and person to do a podcast with. So yeah, this is, and that leads to the, such a, the, the light at the end of the tunnel of this entire craziness is just how right then and there, she already had this, you know, feeling, I think that like, okay, this, this brokerage, they, they act a certain way. They're very hyper-politicized and then we're already out of alignment. And then all of a sudden she gets on blast because she spoke her mind mm -hmm. on her Instagram, her personal one, by the way, not the one she's using. Right, I mean, right now she's live on her right. real estate one, but she has a personal account. This woman, Jasmine is like, she's an influencer. I would call her an influencer on Instagram. You know, she has a lot of followers. She has a lot of connections. So it's kind of like too much. I, I really don't. Uh, I got a lot of followers a long time ago. I mean, not too many, like in the 20,000s, but just because I would post more, like doing these yeah. podcasts is something that I'm passionate about and I would want to post about. I wasn't in alignment where I was before. So I never, I kind of just stopped trying in all aspects. It was really um, constricting being there. I, I didn't have a voice. These are, yeah. you know, seeing their left side constantly nonstop and not being able to speak mine was really just terrible. Yeah. And then in her heart, she's wanting to share more about what she thinks, you know, about the world and the state of the world that we're in, which I want to get to here too. Um, but and I could tell so that's what she was feeling. And then all of a sudden on the phone, she's like, oh my gosh, I just got an email. Like this brokerage just terminated me. Like they just ended our partnership, you know? <laughs> And to a broke, to a real estate agent, you, you need a brokerage for a lot of things, especially getting starting, starting out. So for those of you who don't understand like real estate, you, you, you know, to have a brokerage means you have listings to sell. Like that means that's the opportunity to sell. It's the opportunity to make money. And the brokerage is a family and it's kind of like a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a unit, you know? So to be let go from a brokerage, it's, it's a big deal for a realtor. She has a real estate license, so she can go technically, you legally lawfully sell your house, you know, or, or whatever, she can actually go do that. But to be in a brokerage is just to have a lot of the support and the systems in place that make buying a home easier, marketing the, the, the listings, and then also selling things. It's just kind of all around better. And so to be like, go is a big deal. And so for her to yeah. just share that she's right there on the phone with me. And she's like, oh my gosh, this, this brokerage just let me go. And then she said, but I don't feel anything. Like I actually feel a relief, a sense of yeah. relief that this happened because I, I spoke my mind one time and I get let go. That's meant to be like, I, I can't believe I can't express myself in this job, you know, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, actually in Texas, I'm not sure about other States, but you actually need to have, uh, your real estate, uh, brokerage to do anything. So, um, 
whenever I'm just going to get into uh, the details a little bit, whenever you have a listing as a realtor, it's always the broker's listing. So if an agent leaves or gets terminated or whatever you want to call it, um, it stays with the brokerage. So um, they let me go and uh, kind of had a few things going over there. Some That's money on the table. So right. like she said um, earlier, was- she doesn't have a bunch of people to support, a family to support or you know, anything like that. But at the end of the day, if God forbid, she were to have a, relied on this income with the brokerage firm and for them to pull the rug under her, okay, because yeah. of an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And then for the brokerage, by the way, to go out of their way to go on their Instagram and to post about her and to label her as a racist in their social media. Okay. Oh, yeah. So then um, <laughs> the broker herself, uh, and then on the actual real estate page, and then a few of the other agents that I work with were all starting to post and saying, like, um, they're not going to support racist views, which I don't think anything I ever said was racist. Um, yeah, no, racist was <laughs> you being the daughter of a, of a cop. Yeah, that was what me, they considered me being my mind about um, how I felt was racist. To them. But like I said, Joy, George deserved his justice and he got it. And that doesn't mean every single cop out there is bad. Exactly. And so it's just insane. And so like now, you know, with, with her influence, when I met her and her brother, for example, okay. Her brother, if I remember correctly, his Instagram name, Rory and, uh, yeah. and his, his deal, you know, and they were, they were influencers and they were like, I could just tell that their family, like they're, they're beautiful family, you know, both her and her brother, super aesthetically pleasing people. Okay. And you could just tell like they were influencers, you know, they, they were some people that were out there like, uh, you know, growing and, and, and building their businesses and their branding and all of this stuff. And, and her brother is successful, you know, and then she was successful and, and she's only growing. So like to have this influence, okay. But to not be able to speak your mind and not be able to say what you really think, or to to her credit, she kind of has a passion actually for sharing this stuff. She hates watching the country the way it is. So I want you to express yourself on that. Like what you've been seeing with the world going on and you know, how you've been bottled up inside, you know? God, I don't even know how to answer that question. That's like, literally, I don't even know where to start. Just, you know, mainstream media is not real news. They're all paid off. They're all ran by people who the elite who have all this money and they're probably part of a sex trafficking ring. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There I is mean, a lot of that, by the way, there is a lot of that. We talk about that stuff on the podcast. A lot of that. Um, but their main goal is to create segregation and fear in people. And it's really sad to see it because a lot of people are victims to it. A lot of people that I know and um, sorry, let me, Uh, yeah well i make that point all the time is the fact that these people are we have to love people 
you know, it's like, I just got a message from some random person who I think I know who it is, but it was just some hater, right. About vaccines and COVID BS stuff. I get every now and then. And in my heart, I'm always like, this person's a victim. You know what I mean? And we have to look at these people like that. They are victims of rape by the media. You know what I mean? They are victims of they're raping their minds. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're actually taking control of who they are. They are changing their very identity. And, right. and they're making, they're fueling they're their reprogramming own passion. their subconscious mind into believing in fear and lack and all this evil negativity. Mainstream media's goal is to create segregation, like I said, and they're completely doing it. And by saying Black Lives Matter, that is putting, that's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. what, about, what about like, everybody what about the Asians that you don't see about they don't post that because it would take away from the Black Lives Matter narrative well Um, Asians aren't even allowed to go to college now you know they're not even allowed to get scholarships because they keep getting all the (laughs) that's I don't know if you've heard about that but they're making it harder for even Asian people they're discriminating against Asians not calling them minorities now under Mm -hmm. some college applications it's crazy and and so it's true that that's happening and that they're, they don't care, you know, about black people. And this is a point I wanted to make mm-hmm. very abundantly clear with everybody here is that this whole defund police movement and this entire, they're just using black lives matter as an organization, which now the cat's out of the bag, the, the very, the head, the CEO of black lives matter, bought like three mansions, one uh, of them in LA. I actually and- have the number. It's 3.5 million in real estate in the past couple months. Yeah, spent 3.5 million. I think they raised over 10 million dollars or something like that. And they and this is corporations pouring money right. into this chick's bank account and she doesn't give any of the money to some poor in Detroit. She doesn't fix the infrastructure in Chicago. There there's just no uh, it's obviously a scam, right? right. The, the movement itself, the organization is funded and run. By the way, this is the red pill that everyone that's listening right now that took the time to listen to this, you get the red pill right now. The very same people in the state department who go run divide and conquer strategies with, with Islam and the Muslims in the terrorist organizations, they're creating terrorist organizations, the same CIA that overthrows countries like Libya and Syria and Iraq. Okay. Those same countries with what we did to Vietnam as well. And Korea, that same energy, those same people who are running our foreign policy are literally targeting domestically this United States. And they are using the same tactics of segregating people. They don't care who it is. In, 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 in Libya, it was Shiite versus Sunni Muslim. They don't care about the, either one of them. They are just trying to find which one they can fuel to destroy the other. And so that's what you have. You have Shiite was their decision to create Al-Qaeda. So mm-hmm. just so you understand, we have the very same people in our State Department, as well as in the United Nations, and they're involved in the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a group of people that run our foreign policy. They are openly talking about dividing and conquering America. So Black Lives Matter and all of this stuff, even if there's some good people involved in it, which there are, 
And there are great, there are chapters, by the way, of Black Lives Matter. There's the national organization, which is run by, you know, a specific elite group. Then there's these chapters of Black Lives Matter that do do good things for the community. I have seen some wonderful things actually coming from some Black Lives Matter, but they're chapters. They're, they're like city run, if that makes any sense. They're like, so there are good things coming from the right. organization. I get it. The blacks and the minorities in this country are hurt. They're hurt by vaccines. They're hurt by uh, the economy, the Federal Reserve Bank. They are hurt by the trade policies. They are hurt by immigration. They are hurt by these major parts and policies that are the same policies put forward by the very same political party that is telling them that they love them, right? This is the same political party, the Democrats, that were the Confederacy. The Democrats were the KKK. And this is how they've created the divide and conquer is now they're using the same tactics, but in the 1960s with John F. Kennedy and then later Lyndon Johnson, they shifted and said, what if we controlled the blacks, had them voting for us and stay as, as a voting block and we'll give them welfare and we'll destroy their whole communities and we'll just totally do that. Why don't, why don't we just do that instead? So what you're witnessing now, I think between us, Jasmine and I, what we're watching is the destruction of the black community systematically. And they're rapidly looking to defund police and do things that they otherwise would have never done. If there was a real black empowerment movement, you can throw anything in here, what that would look like. That would look like helping the community. That would look like feeding the homeless. That would look like maybe, tar you know, helping black businesses. You know, that's maybe something that's happening. Just, you know how to help minorities, just like what Trump did, by the way, creating opportunity zones in minority areas. Do y'all even know about this? Opportunity zones, when Trump was in office, were tax-free areas that were black-run businesses so mainly, mainly black people living in these neighborhoods and these areas, running bakeries, running clothing shops, running, you know, whatever businesses they wanted, right? He gave them no taxes and very little regulation. That's the Trump policy of trying to help lift minority communities. So what happened was investors, big time investors and money, you know, people who know money, they're like, yo, there's these minority communities over here. They got no taxes for, you know, it was like a, period of time. It wasn't indefinitely, but it was for a period of time. It was like for, for two years or for five years, there ain't no taxes over here. If you're a mm -hmm. smart businessman, you're going to start investing your money in the, and then it just so happened that they're dominantly black or Hispanic communities. So anyway, there are other things that people don't know about and, and that people need to know. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, like you mentioned, there are uh, a lot of, you know, activists that are doing, um, you know, speeches and getting together and gathering and having peaceful protests. And, and I really like, that's incredible that they can do that and they can keep their peace and just speak a positive word that's righteous. I know a guy in Dallas who actually um, is, preaches all of that and he's awesome. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, preachers, a black preacher, man. Something about them yeah, too. They, just, I just, they, they are different. on fire. They do. They really they do. Different. You know, and, uh, and, and to double down on just the defunding of the police and the whole thing, you know, guys, if you want to look something up and you're listening to this now, or you're watching this and you have no idea who I am, maybe you're coming from Jasmine's Instagram or you're coming from Jasmine's network. Let me just tell you something right now. You need to look up the state department memorandum uh, let's see what number it was. It was 
7277. So State Department Memorandum 7277. And that is the, okay, Freedom From War. Okay, the Freedom From War program. And it openly states how they are going to def- uh, not just defund the police, but they're talking about getting world uh, United Nations peacekeepers to take over the police departments. But first, they got to disarm the population first, but they've got to take over the police departments in order to do that. So what they want to do, you guys, is they are in this State Department memorandum that is it's still this is a legal document I'm reading now. OK, it's right in front of me. This document is openly saying how we need the United Nations to come into the United States and run an international police force and dictate to us, circumnavigating our federal law, circumnavigating our constitution and put us under an authoritarian rule that is unconstitutional. So that's the red pill for all of you listening is all of this BS about defunding the police or reform or all that. They're not trying to reform anything. They're trying to take them over. They're trying to put in the United Nations in control of this country. And that is the open uh, conspiracy, if you will, on the on this country, you know, and so people need to kind of wake up to that and realize that that's actually the truth behind the whole defund police movement. They are using the Black Lives Matter and they're using black people getting shot as a means to get federal legislation passed in Congress that is going to give dictatorial powers, firstly, to the federal government, which will then give dictatorial powers over our police to the United Nations. This is the takeover. This is what we're experiencing right now. And so this is they're just utilizing black people, essentially, for this movement. They are weaponizing, getting you foaming at the mouth. You got Coca-Cola, ESPN, Disney. I can go on. Major corporations. (laughs) Uh, crazy, right? That yeah. to try and foment at the mouth, get you in a fervor, get you in a frenzy to push policy that will not serve your interests. It'll make your life hell on earth. It will destroy you. It will eventually kill you. This is the system they're bringing in, but they're using your ignorance in order to promote this very system. And I just gave you the facts. This is exactly what's going on. And so, yeah, people can point at the, oh, the blacks and the crime statistics and are they really dying from police? And that's like conservative talking points and stuff. That's really cool. And it's interesting to look at. But what I just told you is a world government plan to destroy the police. And they're just using if it's blacks today, it'll be Asians tomorrow. It'll be someone else. They'll use a minority group. They'll use immigrants. They'll use any way they can to try to push policy and try to push reform, quote unquote reform. That's what they will do. And they'll, they'll use anybody to, that gets in their way, or they'll just use people like pawns. And it is a major chessboard that we're witnessing now. Exactly. Any thoughts on that? I mean, just, just the fact that you know, you have people like me that feels intimidated to speak her truth. Um, you know, like they gain their power by having these people bicker at each other and creating all this controversy. And at the end of the day, they they have their motives. Um, the police are literally the stepping stone that they need to take away all of our guns if needed, along yeah. with the military probably. And, you know, they, all they do is create this negative narrative about officers. And, you know, I feel like maybe they're trying to push them to want to do this kind of stuff. Correct. Um, I can't imagine going to work every day and having to, 
you know, get harassed by people just because you're an officer out there trying to serve your city or state. Um, Share with people about the conversation that you had with your dad when it came to taking guns and what your dad thought about that. I told you at the beginning about how I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was looking at this video and I was like, dad, I want to move to New Zealand. Like they don't have too much uh, government control there. Like it's really hard to get a visa though. But um, I was like really looking into conspiracy theories, which is not really conspiracy. Air quotes. But um, he was like, jazz, like I started showing him this land area, this farmer was like, I'm not supposed to say anything. It was like super, it was not really posted much about, I'm sure it's not there anymore. Um, These disposable plastic coffins. And I was like, dad, like they're, this is how they're gonna get rid of us. This is population control. Like they're about to start doing FEMA camps and all this stuff. They wanna do martial law. They wanna take away our guns. They want to make our country a communist country. And he was like, you're out of your mind. I said, uh, I, I, nothing anyone says really bothers me because I'm like, um, you're going to see one day and you're going to be like, why didn't I listen? And why did I let it get pushed this far? Because once they get one step, they're not going back. Like the, the, they're doing all these things and they're just laughing in our face. So like, let's see how far we can push them. Let's see what else we can do. And it's in your face. Yeah. Oh yeah. And once they get there, like there's really there's no going back. They will, they will continue to, you know, take advantage of all of the opportunities they get. Um, and what did your dad say about the police taking guns? Yeah. So then I asked him, I sent him the Biden, like this article about Biden trying to have gun control because of these shootings, which are all planned and actors. And um, he said, He's like, wow, you're, this is crazy. And it actually shocked me like a year ago. I didn't know you were really into politics like this. You're actually very enlightened. And honestly, I'm not really into politics. I didn't even look into politics before COVID. Um, and I did not vote for Hillary Clinton. I'd actually didn't vote uh, at all. Um, Cause I was like kind of young and I just didn't register. But I wasn't the biggest Trump supporter either. Um, I thought that he didn't communicate things very well um, because he would just post like crazy things on Twitter. And the only thing, I didn't even follow him on Twitter. All I saw was other people posting or like news media outlets. So I had, you know, this false narrative of him just like everybody else would if all you did was watch the news. Um, And then I quickly began to realize that he's, not a bad man actually he's trying to rid our government of all the corruption and they didn't like that so um it didn't take me long to realize that after COVID that you know he really was trying to save our country and um so my dad was like oh like I didn't know you were so into politics I really wasn't before um and he said I'm really proud of you. I thought he was going to be like, you're crazy. Just do work. Like, don't worry about what anyone else says, which he usually does. But he was actually very supportive. And he said, you know, I'm glad that you're using your voice. Um, everything you're saying is, is right. And, you know, you shouldn't feel like you can't speak up about what you believe in. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Cause you, you said that also, like he had said, 
about the guns that he would never personally want to take guns from the American citizens, you know? So I asked him, I was like, if you were in this position where you had to take away citizens guns or you would lose your job, would you do it? And he was like, no. And I was like, that's awesome. And I was like, what about everyone else in your department? He said, no, we would not. Um, I live in Texas. So uh, he works at um, like a, a suburban, uh, I don't really want to say the city because there's a bunch of crazy people out there, but I know, right? Um, a pretty conservative area. So I'm not say, speaking on behalf of, you know, New York Police Department. They might feel like they would take guns away. Right, um, right. It all depends on, you know, your environment and, and what you're fed and your beliefs. And yeah, so. Yeah, and, and that's important to know because a lot of police wouldn't actually take guns. And this is the problem. It's like the Marines. The Marines, it, I just saw a study, 40% are denying the vaccine. 40%. Okay. That's a uh, lot for the Marines. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're denying. They, they just say they decline it. You know, they don't want it. Right. And uh, it's a PR nightmare, this entire vaccine rollout in particular. But with what's going on with the police, the police just like you just heard from her and then her father, who's been in the force for a long time, he's like, yeah, no, we would never take guns. Like we being the people there right now. So what right. they're trying to do is get rid of that type of person. They're trying to get right. rid of her dad, the people mm-hmm. like her dad, who are patriots, who know more than anybody else, the constitution. And they, relatively speaking, try to follow it. They defend it. I mean, they literally have to go through the prose- prosecutorial process because there is a purpose for the justice department. I mean, do we forget that? And that was one thing I was telling her. I'm like, I feel like people in general are so absent from the criminal reality that exists, you know, they're so divorced from the criminal reality that is, that's real. And it's always going to be real because evil people are out there forever and ever. And there's nothing we can do about it. We are overall violent crime is lower since the nineties. So we are better as a society. We are, you know, becoming more civil. So yeah, you know, we're getting better, but overall we still have evil, you know, absolutely. people to, yeah. And so they deal with it every day. They're at the exactly. forefront of it. They they cannot escape it. That is that they is are what the they're dealing with. Yeah, they are the borderline between sanity and insanity. That's what po- cops are doing. Cops are in the middle, in between you and I. You know where we get to live our little lives and you know build our little businesses or do whatever it is we do. You know, but the cops have to deal with homeless piss and shit and drug addicts and people trying to kill them and crime and gang members and immigration and all this bullshit that's happening every single day in our communities. Okay. And they get the butt end of it and we just shit on them. And that is where that's, that's a big problem. Oh, that's a huge problem because I firsthandedly experienced it growing up. You know, my dad would leave for work and he would, you know, say like, I love you. Like you're always, I'll always be in your heart no matter what happens. Like I used to not be able to sleep at night and there was, he worked um, like 80 hour weeks did a lot of extra jobs. And sometimes I was like, you know, like I felt like he was picking everyone else over me. Like I was young. I, he was my first love. I was a daddy's girl. So that's just what I thought. Um, but he really was, he was putting society and other people's lives at risk 
for his own family. I mean, his own life at risk for the society. Like, exactly. Oh, no, yeah, I exactly. Sorry, like, yeah. like in yeah. a way, and what she felt was like how her, fa- she didn't feel like he was putting his family first, technically speaking, you know, at the time, because he would put his life on the line for all of you fuckers out there, you know, who are yeah. out there, you know, doing what you do, you know what I mean? Whether you're gangbanging or whether you're having a good life and, and you're doing good by, by the law and you're doing good by society, you know, we, we, those people are there to defend and protect all of us because without the police, obviously, and they oh, say no one's, chaos. That, but it would be chaos. You know, what it would be oh, actually absolute chaos. You know, what's even funnier though, to think about history. So the police departments were not in our constitution. They actually, they actually weren't a part of that. And so, uh, the police department, that concept came around the, I think it was like the mid 1800s and later, cause the British did it first. And so there wasn't ever a police. Police didn't really exist actually until the, the mid 1800s, like I'm mentioning. And so what were we doing before the police? Well, everybody was armed. Everybody had the second amendment in this country. So mm-hmm. justice was just served by, by you representing yourself because there were no lawyers. You were just served in a trial. So the trial and judicial system was set up in our constitution, but we didn't have police. We didn't have, you know, we had prosecutors on the government's end. So they would prosecute the criminals, but they'd have to be convicted under a jury and all this stuff would happen. So funny enough, before police, we were all armed. So with that being said, you cannot exist in a mindset, intellectually speaking, because this would be meaning you're an idiot. If you think that you want to defund or take away the police or reform the police or just less police in general, whatever you think your mind comes up with, less police, whatever it is. If you want that and you want to disarm the American people at the same time and you can hold those two magnetic thoughts together in your brain, then you're a broken person because that doesn't make sense. You either need everybody armed in society and you need a, a gun responsibility and lessons on gun responsibility and, and an armed society that uh, uh, that knows that everybody's armed, by the way, the most armed people like in a county in Georgia, the most armed county in Georgia is the least violent because everyone has a gun because everyone is like, hey, yo, you mess with me. It's, it might be the end for you, for your life. Right. And nothing is worth your life being taken from you, right? That's what that sign said that she posted on her story. And so you can't exist where you want to take away the Second Amendment and you want to defund the police because that would make you intellectually broken. Make sense? Right. So absolutely. I completely agree with that. (laughs) A thousand percent. You killed it. Yeah. Second amendment is, is a big deal. And so, you know, we, we say things like that and I, I get the whole, cause she was mentioning how they might take the guns. So I just wanted to clarify like, yeah, you know, they do, they do want to do that. And they, we can't they let do, that happen either. And they talk about it. And, um, if ideally, like if they got what they wanted and they took away our right to bear arms, we would have no power over them. The government can completely take over us and that is called communism. And that's right. That sounds that, like what's happening right now. Well, and death by government. Trying to. That's right. Death by government is called democide. So just so all of you know, democide is death by government. And that's happened in the hundreds of millions, just in the 1900s alone, hundreds of millions of people died by government. So just remember, you know, when you think your government's all perfect and I mean, I'm not a super libertarian or anything here. I'm just saying that like, that's the way it is. I want to mm-hmm. move though, real quick to another thing, which is just cancel culture in general and mm-hmm. how literally Jasmine 
you know, was canceled for her yeah. opinions. I was you know? totally canceled. I uh, was canceled real quick after I spoke yeah. my truth, which I did not speak once ever working at the brokerage after um, probably three months of constantly seeing it every day from probably at least 10 different agents every day, like yeah. different ones. Wow. I don't think anyone in my brokerage really is a conservative or even knows our constitutional rights. Or even but... apolitical. God damn it. We're just asking for apolitical, just nothing, just no politics yeah. at work. No, they... no politics at work. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, a lot of their clientele, like Dylan was pointing out, if you want to, you know, how I was kind of telling you about a lot of the agents like speak Spanish or have DACA clients. Right, um, right. So obviously they're trying to appease a crowd. Maybe they really do believe in these beliefs, but um, they didn't believe in mine or weren't yeah. open to them. And they totally just canceled her. Like, how does that look as the brokerage mm-hmm. when you have, let's say, a Titan realtor coming into their brokerage and they see Jasmine literally get canceled? And let's say they secretly have the same beliefs as Jasmine. But what if that person was the best performer, the number one top sales agent there? Yeah. You know how I would feel if I was that person and I watched them can a fucking ba- like a, a, a beautiful woman for her beliefs? I'd be like, I'm out of this brokerage. This is a trashy place. And what do, what, what do clients think if they were to ever hear about, it's like, dude, you fired a chick because she's a, the daughter of a police officer. Like what the hell is wrong with you people? You know, like this is a PR nightmare for them because they think it's a PR nightmare because, oh, this girl Jasmine's racist or whatever. It's like, dude, no, guess what? Guess what you do as a, as a, as a brokerage, you do nothing. Like why can't companies just do nothing? Just stop believing in the cancel culture concept stop nobody nobody was getting fired 20 years ago for posting stuff in the newspaper or like whatever like people were you know they weren't getting fired for stuff like this and this has become a rabid ridiculous time period that we live in i mean look at people getting canceled off their social media and you know all this other stuff i know you know juan we know brown lives matter too bro we do we yeah they that. do <laughs> yeah cancel culture is a joke dude and you know i think that uh people need to realize that and it's sad to even consider that this would happen to Jasmine and, and she probably would never have thought it would have happened. Uh, who knows? Maybe you did secretly know like, Oh my gosh, if I post this, you know, this may actually lead to something. Uh, I did not post anything that I felt because of the reason that I knew that it would upset a lot of people. Um, yeah, it was, it's not really a surprise that it happened. But like mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't an employee. I'm a 1099. Um, there's so many brokers that I could work for that, you know, are in a better alignment with my core values and what I'm seeking. So it really wasn't a loss for me. And I'm thankful for that. But there are people in positions that, you know, they can't lose their job. They have families to support and they can't have a voice really, or you will get canceled. And that's totally. really sad. To think. No, there are people listening to this right now who are, they are exactly in that position. They, they have a job where if they ever were to post something on their, so, you know, it used to be on social. It used to be like, okay, dude, don't do cocaine on your social, on your Facebook. You know what I mean? Like there used to be that idea there. Okay. Be smart with what you post on social media. We get it. Yes, we agree. Be smart about what you decide to post 
on social media. Okay. Uh, for sure. You know, don't be stupid, but your political beliefs and your thoughts about current events or news or information should not lead to a termination ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy too. Like, um, you know, I, you know, I see these people post on all their beliefs that I don't agree with and I don't sit there and threaten their life or say that I'm going to come beat them or go after their family. These are the type of, this is what the media is condoning. They're allowing, they're promoting this, enabling it. And it's really disgusting to see that they're getting no consequences for their actions. It's actually insane. They're destroying our country. I'm not saying, and someone said, what do you mean when you refer to they? I'm not saying black people. I'm saying anyone who might be in that group that, um, you know, it's the idea of the group in those activities, those activities of the ideology. And it's, it's the paper, the way people think. The fact that the fact that they think it's okay to loot businesses and, and turn and catch them on fire and, and steal and come after people's, uh, you know, defame them. Uh, it's, it's really not fair. It's not okay. It's, it's intellectually weak. And it's not, by the way, it's a lot of white people. It's, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen like Black Lives Matter, but it's, do, it's dominated with white people. There are white people yeah. everywhere. I'm not even <laughs> trying to be any race or anything, but it's like, I see a lot of white leftists running around out there with, you know, whether it's, you know, bike locks or, or hammers or whatever. And you, you see white people out there leading sometimes the crowds. I mean, leading the, looting. Oh, yeah. you know, there was and- this one guy, at least uh, there were, there was a looting happening on camera. And then one guy like, like breaks in, he was a white guy. He breaks into the store and then these black guys surrounded him and they were like, you're not an ally. You know, it was this funny moment where it's like, oh wait, in this protest and this crazy riot, those people make a lot of sense. Like this group of four guys ganged up on one white guy and they were like, you're not an ally. You're trying to get us in trouble. You're breaking into this business. You know, it was really funny. And I'm like, yes, like don't get caught in this idiotic stuff. And we know now Antifa and other, they infiltrated Black Lives Matter and they looted and they did all this stuff to make them look bad on purpose. I do know that. I do know that. And so I'm not giving the, I'm getting the benefit of the doubt for everybody here, you know, cause there's a lot of peaceful protests too, but yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember what uh, I was going to say. Well, the, the point is, is like the fact that you know, these people, like it's, it's about their ideology. It's not about their race. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. And it's it not has, just BLM. It, oh, it has nothing to do with race or anything. It's, it's, you know, the, your actions, you know, if you're a thug, you're a thug. It, it doesn't matter if you're black or you're white or you're yellow. It doesn't matter your colors. It's how you act and the way you treat others and your country and morals. And yeah. Yeah. And, and you know who so. the enemy really is? It's the people that are destroying the economy because poverty leads to criminality and criminality yes. leads to a prison system that is broken, that is destroyed. And we have drug laws and we have stupid laws that people are serving time for that shouldn't happen. So yes, we have a criminal justice issue, especially with the drugs. And I mentioned this to Jasmine. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, look, 
the drugs are what are getting people getting pulled over for a little weed in their car, right? And now you have a police officer who otherwise would have not interacted with this person if it wasn't for marijuana, a plant. So this person now is in trouble, which causes the criminal mind. Remember how we talked about that earlier? The criminal mind. Oh, fuck. I got pot in the car. I'm going to serve time in jail. I'm going to serve. I'm going to go to prison for a plant. So you will be willing to commit acts of violence, drive away, get into a high speed chase, cause an accident, kill somebody. Do all this stuff. Drunk driving is a crime. I do think drunk driving is bad because that's putting people in danger. But other than that, like, again, having a little pot in your car shouldn't lead to your death or whatever. So nobody that I, I think personally, nobody that's pro police or, or just in general, just not about defunding them or whatever. I don't think that those same people are all for the drug laws, you know, because I exist in a world where I'm like, yeah, no, the criminal justice system, the, the laws that are in place that are getting people in trouble are not right. You know, it's not right for people to experience so much policing to where it's over policing, you know, and when you get the police interacting with people who are otherwise innocent of violent crime, they're innocent. They're not, they're just smoking some pot or they're doing some cocaine or whatever that, you know, if you're getting police interacting with those types of people consistently making them out to be criminals, that's fucked up. That's discrimination. In my opinion, doesn't matter what color you are because cops should spend more of their time dealing directly with either violent crime, you know, real crime that's actually happening. Uh, and, and so many other duties that a police officer has, whether it's traffic control or serving the city in some way, dealing with uh, accidents, car accidents, dude, cops see the worst stuff ever. Uh, and I, I mean, I implore everybody here to like follow cop pages on Instagram, like just follow these people on Instagram that are cops that are, that are dealing with shit every day, or they upload like law enforcement videos, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And those are fun to watch because you're actually getting connected with like their, their body cam footage, not of something where they shot and killed somebody. Yeah. Those are intense and they're fun to watch and they're interesting, but I'm talking about when their body cam footage is showing a major car accident that they are having to see and deal with the, you know, the emergency. So I just think that we're losing touch with that. But uh, yeah, overall, just wanted to mention like that aspect of policing and drugs and how, you know, we don't want that, you know, we, we don't want the police having to interact so much with society that society gets more in trouble. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, my dad actually got the job at my high school the year that I became a freshman and um i used to tell him i was like dad like i swear if you give someone a ticket or take them to jail because of weed like i will stop talking to you i i he knew that too and he i don't think he ever did um even like with traffic stops like going five miles per hour i was like you will not like there is actual things going on like y'all i used to tell him i was like y'all need to find better things to do because they were like radar like uh high school parties and stuff but i was just being like a you know a daughter yeah, totally, <laughs> i was like leave, totally. leave me alone like let me party if i want to party but yeah yeah. We, yeah go ahead i mean yeah there are laws that don't really make sense sometimes and um he always told me that he's like yeah we we pull people people over for little things um like you know having their uh inspection out of date and that's how we find other drugs and stuff like that um at the end of the day i think you know nowadays especially 
with weed, it's it's not a crime. And I don't think it ever was, um, but it's crazy how they had that much control over people's lives over a plant that grows yep. out of the ground, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a natural plant. When people exactly. are sitting here drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes, the only reason that they didn't like that was because it wasn't regulated and they couldn't make their tax money off it, just like everything else. Everything's corporation. The government's a corporation. We get sold. We got sold out to China. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And uh, just to close all this off and and to kind of end uh, this this interview, because I feel like we can do stuff on cannabis, stuff on drug laws. Stuff, we can talk about all kinds of stuff, which is cool and right. exciting. And Jasmine will probably join me again, hopefully in a different state where she isn't you know canceled or dealing with all this other repercussions of her opinions. You know hopefully in a place where she can express herself. Right. So that's the coolest part. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about, which is what you feel about, you know, expression and, and how you feel now with your, cause you had a mission statement and just how you yeah. want to serve and how you want to, how do you want to be of service to the world? You know? Yeah. So actually I wrote a mission statement because um, I never really did a podcast before and I wanted to stay really focused and not get too emotional or, I'm a Taurus rising sign. I don't, I don't really do astrology too much, but I know that that means I'm really hard headed. And um, if I feel like I'm getting attacked or something, I will just, you know, bulldozer type thing. <laughs> I'll hurt some people's feelings, but yeah. I wrote down a mission statement and it is my goal and purpose in life is to enlighten and uplift society, society in ways mainstream media won't. I want to cancel out fear based mindsets and fill them with wisdom and strength. Together, we can become powerful and not be victims of the propaganda that is debilitating people in our world. We're strong, infinite beings trying to be controlled and conquered by evil forces. And I feel like it's my duty and obligation to stand up for what's right. And that's our freedom. So I wanted to kind of base everything around that, not be biased or, you know, point fingers. That's we we fight logically and we have our facts and statistics and that's why I like Dylan because um, he always has everything in order and things to back it up. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I love that mission statement. It's it resonates with me. I think it resonates with the audience of the podcast. It resonates with people here watching on Instagram. You know, it's uh, it is. You know, yeah, Carlos right here. Juan is just like Jasmine's fire. And it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, and it's because we need this mindset. It's healthy. It's something that we need to reinvigorate into the rest of society. And uh, we can't be calling names and threatening people for sure. My God, threatening people over your political beliefs. Uh, you know, again, nothing like that is justified in my book. I think that we just have to inspire, but don't be too nice, you know, because being too nice can make you get taken advantage of. And I'll yeah. tell you, we have been taken advantage of. That's how we are where we are right now. We we're exactly. all too nice. We're all just letting things push over. But remember the enemy, if you will, the enemy is the bank cartels. Okay. Or we could look at it as corrupt politicians, but corrupt politicians are just puppets of a larger right. system. You know, these are people being funded by think tanks, like the council on foreign relations. And I can go on United nations. And there's so many different little, you know, funded think tanks that develop policy that then tell these politicians how to deliver that policy. So those are the real enemy. The real enemy are these pseudo intellectuals that are running our society and that are running it into the ground. They have 
think tanks and they program people in the way that they have discussions and conference tables and are like, how can we, you know, get this policy passed or how can we get vaccines into everybody? You know, oh, we need to make sure we take, you know, and so it's just this BS. And so that's what we're fighting against. We're not fighting right. against our fellow man because our fellow man, our fellow woman. Against Black Lives Matter. I just want everyone to realize that, yeah, the government's not on our side and, you know, it really makes you it everyone should really just do their own research and um you know have a more open mind because that could literally be your life you know like those vaccines should not get that <laughs> yeah and that's a whole <laughs> other topic and, and a, idea yeah and i've uh, and i'm sitting here researching all this before this talk because i got to do a talk tomorrow about vaccines and i got to tell people some of them even who got the vaccine already i have to tell them about what's going on with vaccines, but you know, it's an endless conversation. And that's why the podcast is so successful because it's an endless conversation. We can, there's so many aspects of, of things to talk about. And I'm so happy to have Jasmine sharing her story, how she got canceled, how this all happened. I, I, she's, she's out of her element. You know, she doesn't do podcasts like this. She doesn't, you know, go on shows or do interviews or do any of this. So this was all brand new for her and she did really great, you know, and I think that uh, we'll do some more things in the future. And uh, I don't know, any other closing comments or anything from you? No, I, I mean, I'm extremely grateful to be here and be talking with Dylan. He really guided me through this and kind of eased me up a little bit because I was telling him, I'm like, never done this before. Like sometimes I, you know, when I get, uh, feel like I'm getting attacked or something, um, I, they, I don't really portray things like I want to. Like, I'm not like the best communicator, um, but I'm thankful to be here and to be able to finally have a voice and not feel like I can't talk about something because of the people that are surrounding me at my workplace. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's wow. been great speaking with you. I'm excited to do more for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we'll post uh, her Instagram, like the her legit one. Uh, and, the, and we'll do it in the description in the podcast. So you guys can follow her there and get connected. Hopefully she puts out content now that may be a little spicy. Uh, we'll see, but uh, you know, we'll see yeah. where she wants to go with that. But other I, than that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, this, whenever Dylan called me, I was so excited because I was like, I just love everything he talks about. Like this, I feel like is a calling for me and a purpose and um, it's nothing's a coincidence. So I'm, I'm grateful. He like popped my bubble and let me, uh, express myself in ways that now I can feel a little more comfortable to do in the future. Yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, she's, you know, she's, she's easy on the eyes. It helps. And I think a lot of people will be impacted by her ability to share her thoughts. And so I hope this inspires her for sure. If not, she'll for sure be on this <laughs> podcast again. And uh, I'm excited to continue like our relationship, but thank you for everyone tuning in on Instagram. I'm going to close that out first. So yeah, thank y'all. All righty. So sweet. Bye one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those people will add everybody. So hold on. Wait, wait. Let me, let me uh, screenshot. Some, who else some is on here? Let's see what's up with the IG real quick. So let's see. We had a lot of people just pop in here. If you're still here, say what's up. I don't know. I need to know who's <laughs> still here. Yeah, I want to follow y'all. Yeah, so we can. Y'all are like my first audience. This is like 
one of many. Yeah, they were. They you'll you. you'll you'll see my progression because um, <laughs> I'll get better on on talking. Yeah, that's awesome, y'all. Oh, this is a lot of pressure. I mean, she just she just jumped into this, you know. So I personally am totally thankful for her because I knew she, what she had to say. It needed to be said and it needed to be shared by someone like her who's, you know, beautiful. She's an influencer. Y'all will see this for yourself because she's got all these great followers and, uh, you know, she might lose some followers, right? But that's- I lost a few. Um, yeah. Followers don't really matter to me. I don't really thrive to be an influencer, uh, just like basic Instagram model or whatever, but- I would love to do more enlightening videos like this and maybe I'll be an influencer. <laughs> I know, right? No, we'd love to see it. So, yeah. all right. I got everybody screenshotted. So I know who's watching and who, who tuned in. So we'll follow up with you guys and uh, I'll close the Instagram out. You can say bye. Bye. Okay. Instagram. I'll, I'll share that. So, all right. And on the podcast, uh, thank you for tuning in. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Appreciate everybody. So any other last, last second you want to say bye? I think she, cause we have to connect it on the other deal. So I, she doesn't hear me anymore. So that's on the Instagram. So she has to turn this thing up. Okay. Oh. We're, I'm closing out the podcast now. So you can say bye to them. Bye. Nice talking with y'all. All righty.